The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Manick. I am joined, as always, Friday afternoons by our friend from Sharp Football, Rich Rebar. We're, we're here. We're picking games. We we came off um, just a horrible, horrible football game on Thursday night between the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears. You know, just just not really. I, I think I'm done keeping the light on for Justin Fields. It's just it's just a tough scene with Mr. Fields. And if you like the Bears so much, they'll be on primetime again in week seven on Monday Night Football. Horrible. And and the Broncos somehow are, are on primetime again. I mean. But at least people like thought the Broncos were going to be good, right? Like there was at least an assumption with the Broncos, like they'd be good. But like, why are the Bears getting all these games? Well, I mean, you know, theoretically, Fields is supposed to be like a young, exciting player. He's just not, right? Like, I mean, that that was the, the-, the thesis behind the play, the year two jump. He's going to run. He's going to make things happen. And uh, all he does is take sacks. He just really just takes a lot of sacks. No, he's not even like Konami code good. Like no, Mm-mm. like I mean, last night I guess was he got there. He's he only had almost the twenty fantasy points because of all the rushing. But like you're not getting that much rushing every week. And just he, he did have what a forty-five yard rushing touchdown call end. back by oh, like, the, the week two. Yeah, we last week. Yeah, last yeah, week. kind of, kind of like a ticky tack penalty. I mean, he did a long run, and uh, last night I saw uh, he had a long run on the final drive, but. Yeah. I mean, he, he can still, he can still run, but the, the whole thesis behind the Konami code guys was like one, it was like back when fantasy scoring was different and like 18 points a week would be pretty viable. But Mm -hmm. now it's like the guys who had six rushing points a week are also adding 20 passing points a week. And like the, the Justin Fields, even the Daniel Jones level rushers, like Daniel Jones is, is like running like 10 times a game and still is not a good fantasy quarterback. Like that would be, that would have been unheard of. Uh, you know, in, in the Tebow days. Yeah. And the good passing quarterbacks are almost not even just getting melted too. I mean, you look at like the game Brady had last week and like, he can't even compete with these guys. Um, You know, he only threw the one touchdown, but you know, Brady gets 20 fantasy points and it's like, okay, like no one even feels good about 20 fantasy points anymore. Like from your quarterback, because Josh Allen's putting 35 up every week. So it doesn't yes. matter. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you can you can definitely tell that uh we are we are procrastinating on picking games because it's not uh <laughs> it's not a, it's not a it's not a particularly enticing slate. There's a lot of like bad teams playing each other and then teams that are were projected to well, be are there good. good teams? Are there good teams in the NFL? There are three good teams. There are the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs, and then uh like team team four to team twenty-three are all like the same thing. And there are a couple truly bad teams. 
the Bears, yeah. the Tech, the Bears and the Texans and the Commanders, the Panthers. These are all these are all truly bad teams. Listen, just keep betting every under every week in printing. Yeah, yeah, never lose. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's get into this. Let's go. Number five for Mr. Rebar is Hoomst. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I don't feel great about it. This is my number uh, one. This is my oh, number oh, one. So you feel real great about it. Yeah. But uh, I do I do have the Ravens. Well, the Giants have just been frisky, man. Like, you know, so you know, maybe we're just giving them a little too credit much out of credit out of the gates, but like they they look like a well-coached team. Like they do. Like oh, I, yeah, I feel- we we expected that, right? We expected yeah. that we expected Brian Dable over Joe Judge to be about as big of a gain as you could get about you know, like going from urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, you know? Yeah. And you know, with the, with the Ravens, I'm still trying to figure out exactly like what they are. Cause we've seen like they had those two monster games and how, you know, they lose the game to the dolphins, but they had a huge offensive game. Uh, they, they smoked the Patriots and then they kind of come back to earth. And like some of the questions I had about them coming to the season have really kind of come to light. But I don't think that they'll be like really an issue here. The Giants are just so banged up. They've got so many defensive injuries. And we know structurally, even though Wink Martin obviously is familiar with Lamar Jackson, the structure of defense that the Giants play is like plays into the hand of where Lamar Jackson has been good this season. You know, they've been just eviscerating single man coverage. And the Giants are one of the blitz heaviest teams. They play the, you know, the second most man coverage in the NFL. Mark Andrews is absolutely roasted man coverage. Bateman doesn't look like he's going to play. So, you know, where are the play, the big plays coming from outside of Mark Andrews is still like kind of a concern, but I do think that the Ravens here will kind of hold serve. I, I like the way the Ravens have bounced back on defense. They've played really, really well defensively. I think it's starting to come together. Um, so yeah, it's some of those things that I got at five to six points and these big favorites haven't really been getting home for us. So I still do just think that the Ravens are like multiple rungs better than the Giants. So we'll go with it here at five. Uh, so the, the original thesis behind the play is that the Giants just have a tough time scoring points. They, yes. they did meander their way to points against the Packers last week via, um, you know, just tight end scoring, rushing touchdowns and things. But the, the way you would attack the Baltimore Ravens would be like via deep passing would be like seven step dropbacks and just burning these poor safeties who have just got absolutely roasted to start the year. I mean, we know for a fact, the giants don't want to do that. The The giants want to, they can't, <laughs> they can't. Yeah. I'll, they are getting, they are getting Wandale back this week, but Marcus Johnson led them in wide receiver snaps last week. Like it's a huge mess. And the Ravens, I mean, if you look at, their performance like the, the specifically their last two games have just been bizarre i mean the the Bengals game it was like they were moving the ball at will and then they would get to the 30 yard line or the 20 yard line and it would just be you know total chaos and i i actually tweeted this like if the Bengals were a real nfl team calling plays like a real nfl team and not just like whelping around and throwing the ball to mike thomas the the ravens would have been in real trouble but the reason why they're my number one is exactly what you said they are just multiple rungs better of a team. The The Ravens are, I think, in the inner circle of teams that can win a Super Bowl. And the Giants have got to be, I mean, I, I, I bet Warren has done some analysis on this, but they've got to be one of the worst four and one teams in the history of the sport. I mean, they don't gain any yards on offense. The defense is fine, but not great. Like what, like what do they do? Well, nothing really. Yeah. They run the uh, ball. Well, Daniel Jones has one completion longer than 18 yards downfield. <laughs> this season through five games 
uh, it's real tough, man. It's a lot of just Saquon and a lot more Saquon. It's really just, they don't even care if Saquon gets like three yards. They're just like, eventually he'll, he'll get a 40 yarder for us. So we're just going to keep doing it. Yes. I mean, that is the thesis behind their offense is if we hand it to Saquon enough times, he will get us in a position to score a touchdown, which, uh, you know, like, uh, I, I guess is fine, but I mean, I do, I just, it's the Ravens. It's, it is, it is Lamar Jackson versus Daniel Jones for less than a touchdown. It's not five and a half on every book. Uh, it's, it, there are five and a halfs and sixes out there. It's five and a half on DraftKings, five and a half on Caesars, but six on FanDuel, six on mm-hmm. BetMGM. Uh, I, I would definitely prefer the five and a half, no doubt. Um, but yeah, Baltimore Ravens, pretty, pretty easy there. My number five is, uh, a bet. I, it's the Panthers. It's the Panthers plus 10 points. I mean, just the, I, the Rams should not be 10 point favorites against anyone. They can't block anyone. They can't run the ball. They can only throw the ball to one guy. The defense has been way worse than a Super Bowl champion defense. And, and you know, the, the unspoken thing is when every game goes under the total, it's going to be way, way harder for double-digit favorites to hit, right? But it is the Panthers. It is P.J. Walker, and that's why they are my number five. But it's not even, a, it's not even really about the Panthers. It's just that structurally, I don't think the Rams should be 10-point favorites over any other NFL team. It's rough, man. Pazuda told me that in his three years of editing the worksheet that this was the saddest write-up I've ever had, like the, this Rams-Panthers game. He's like, you, it's you know, so sad. Is every player outside of Cooper Cup and who even Cooper Cup is shedding like three yards for catch and like three yards for target off of what he was last year. Like it's yep. just, it's just a factory of sadness the entire way around. Christian McCaffrey's playing well, but like the Panthers are running no plays. And they can't get to the red zone at any level. They just fired their coach. Uh, they're starting quarterbacks out. So maybe things will just be better, right? Like it can't be, it's one of those situations like it can't be worse, right? Like, you know, between Matt Roll and Baker, you know, going to Philip Walker and Steve Wilkes now, although McAdoo's still calling plays. It's just, man, this game is so disgusting. I, I if I want, this game should just, it should have been relegated to Thursday night. Like they should have moved this game to last night and just ran a Thursday night doubleheader. A Thursday night doubleheader, get it out of the way all at once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This game, I mean, it's disgusting. I don't, I don't have any problem with just chasing the points, like you said, and just hoping it's a low total game and the 10 gets you there. Uh, but 10, man, 10, 10 to three, this bet cashes, right? Yes. That's what, uh, I mean, it just, I just don't like both of these teams are having such a hard time generating touchdowns and you figure you get one really special McCaffrey play. I mean, it, wouldn't it be hilarious if PJ Walker just comes in and gives DJ Moore the ball 14 times, how I, like that would just be a mate. That would just be such an F you to Matt rule. Cause clearly DJ Moore was not enjoying playing with, uh, with Baker Mayfield. I think, I, I think we know that for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. Both years that Philip Walker's played, he's targeted Robbie Anderson more than DJ Moore both of the seasons. Uh, so I'm curious uh, to see if that kind of holds true or not. Uh, interesting enough, they've, the, in the two starts PJ Walker's had, they've won a combined score uh, 54 to 10. In there we games. go. There we go. I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm feeling. I'm feeling way better about it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, t- take your chances uh, there. He hasn't really played well himself in those games, but uh, hey. Glow glom on to anything. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's my number five. Your number five was my number one. Got to be one of the only times that's ever happened. What is your, what is your number four? Uh, my number four is the Bengals. Um, you, this one definitely isn't on your card at all. Um, 
I, just I, would, I would be more predisposed uh, predisposed to take the New Orleans Saints here. Yeah, I mean, you're so down on the, the Bengals. I get it. But, I mean, the Bengals are – all they have to do is win this game, and they're going to cover. Uh, and they are going to win this game. The Saints are so beat up. They just have too many injuries. And it's if you can get by, like, against the Seahawks like that, but, like, you're not going to beat a team that's, like, actually functional. Uh, and the, you can debate that the Bengals' offense isn't functional, but I can – push real back and say their defense is more than functional uh and a team that might have a quarterback issue like we might not even whoever quarterback starts the saints might not finish the game like you know if they don't play well uh this could be a thing where we see some jostling back and forth between Jameis and dalton depending on who starts definitely definitely have some fantasy teams that are interested in uh in Jameis just getting this back surgery and andy dalton retiring mid-game <laughs> <laughs> uh it, it could be one of these things man like where you know maybe they go back to Jameis say we'll give you a shot and then he just like the first like because remember when Jameis was the quarterback they didn't even have a, a, a they had one touchdown in the first three quarters of games he started just one on 25 possessions uh so if he if they start slow like it'd be a thing where like Jameis starts and he doesn't finish the game it could be a thing where Dalton starts and he doesn't finish the game in the old revenge you know game narrative you know sense even though he played against the the Bengals last year um, but I do have a lot of faith in the Bengals defense here, especially with all the, just the amount of injuries the saints have. And we don't know what wide receivers are going to play in this game. Last week, they were, none they of were, them, none of it, them are going to play last week. They were down to the, what we had last year, right? Like where we left the, where we left them off last year, where they're trying to like coax something out of Marcus Cowley and Traquan Smith. Uh, they, they revert to like the Taysom package and, you know, Taysom's doing his thing. Uh, I'm curious what you think about just uh, how DraftKings just moved Taysom to quarterback this week. They're like, screw this. We're not even going to deal with it. He's um, he's so on DraftKings. He's been a quarterback the whole time. Oh, has but he? On, I didn't on, even notice really. Uh, FanDuel has him classified as a tight end. And but they at least made end. him, they made him really expensive this week. And then I was like, oh, what a DraftKings like Taysom. And I was like, oh, he's just a quarterback. So they're not even going to mess with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But FanDuel, FanDuel, I think maybe like, I remember week three, just looking at it and being like, Oh, Taysom is a $6,100 tight end, which is actually probably appropriate given how bad tight end scoring has been. I mean, I think the Bengals are in a, in a, in it, like theoretically looking at the Cincinnati Bengals and their roster, I'd say, yeah, they're a better team than the saints, but Zach, I just am not betting on this team when this is the way they're playing football. Like it's just, it's, it's just brutal. Um, like I don't. How can you have T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and play football this way? I don't. I don't get it. I, I just. I just do not understand. Well, listen. Give me the LSU narrative, then Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase going back to New Orleans. Back to New Orleans. Okay. All right. There you go. You sold me. You sold me. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm listen. If I, if I can't get you with anything else, I'm going to get you with uh, a, a crummy narrative. You got me. You got me. You sold me. You sold me. You sold me with the dumbest narrative. Pot. I think was this the stadium they. This would have been the stadium they won the conference championship in. Yeah, was it? Was this where they played? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Not that. Well, maybe I'd have to go look, but maybe even this would have been the stadium where they won the national championship in. Because I know uh, it was in a dome that year. So it I'd was. Have, I'd, it was. Yeah. They played Clemson. It this. It was in the Superdome. I don't know. Okay. All right. Let's. But go. they played Clemson. But was it, but you know, hey, I'm just gonna roll with the LSU narrative. Uh, 2019 NCAA football championship. Uh, if if it was in the dome, if it was in the Superdome, you might have uh, you you might have pulled me into. Uh, no, nope, it was in it was in California. Nope. So it was in it was in the the 49ers so, stadium. What was it in SoFi? Yeah. Uh, no, it was in it was in Levi's. It, so we were we were thinking of the we were thinking of the conference championship. 
Um, or wait, no, 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 no. This is the wrong year. I'm going to do some more research on this after uh, we'll, we'll come back to this. We'll come back to this. Uh, my number four selection is the Arizona Cardinals minus two and a half points against the Seattle Seahawks. When will I ever learn? Actually, the only time Arizona showed up on my, the two times they've shown up on my list, it was against the Eagles they covered and it was against the Panthers where he, uh, where, where Cliff actually got yeah. one over on Matt rule. I mean, it's just, the market is a little over exuberant on the Seattle Seahawks. You know, they've been, they've been good. I'm not saying I'm not trying to take away anything from their performance, but I think Arizona has been way worse than preseason expectations. Seattle has to be one of the teams beating their preseason expectations by the most we've ever seen a team beat their preseason expectations in, in, in recent memory, at least. And um, you know, Lockett's banged up. I mean, were Lockett or Metcalf able to like not be at 100% for the Seahawks team, I think things would start to crumble really fast. And also we have like a long track record of Gino being, uh, I actually have always kind of liked Gino, but he, he does make mistakes. And the Cardinals defense has been actually kind of what's been keeping these, keeping them in these games. Uh, the, the Eagles did not score a second half touchdown against the Arizona Cardinals, despite that game being within striking distance. And uh, yeah, it's really just that simple. And also there's this narrative going on of what happens when the Cardinals get off of Cliff's script entirely in the second half. Actually, Warren tweeted this out the other day about how much better Kyler's been in the second half because he just starts doing Kyler stuff, you know, doing his Stewie Griffin run and getting first downs and stuff. I, I think that this should be like three and a half or four. Yeah, I like this one. Uh, the, the angle you play here is you do Seahawks first half and then Cardinals full game. <laughs> uh, Arizona yet to score a first quarter point this season. Uh, been outscored 38 nothing in the first quarter. Uh, Seattle's the best first half team in the NFL. Uh, interesting enough, like so, so Geno Smith in the first half has an EPA per dropback of 0 0.54. The next highest guy is Josh Allen at 0 0.33. He's almost like basically dub been double better than Josh Allen in the first half, but in the second half. Uh, the Seahawks are 26 in the NFL scoring. He's 33rd in EPA per dropback. It's only thrown one touchdown in the second half, Geno Smith. So they've gotten out to these really hot starts, and then they just kind of, you know, fizzle out, and they don't really do anything in the second half. It's been pretty consistent, actually, if you go back, too, because, like, Denver, they're they're up, they're in the game. They do nothing in the second half. They do hold on and win that game. Uh, Atlanta, they're up. They're, they're, they're pacing. You know, it looks like it's going to be a fun game. They just wilt in the second half, and Atlanta just drains the clock on them. Last week, they're they're up. They just give it away in the second half to the Saints. So, yeah, I think you go – if you're going to play it, you can do Seahawks first half and then Cardinals full game, uh, and you, you could be working with something here. Okay, and by the way, the 2020 College Football Playoff Championship that the LSU Tigers won January 13, 2020, played at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. Listen, I win, I win you over with a terrible narrative. It's it's uh it has nothing to do. I mean, I I think that I think that uh, the Bengals remain one of the most overrated teams in the NFL. But you can't you cannot beat you cannot beat Joe Cool and and Jamar Chase going back to the Superdome. It's like so back to the Cardinals. Uh, my brain just still cannot process them being bad. Like I just I just I cannot have Kyler being on a bad NFL team. It just it just makes no sense. Like and I mean. He's not as good as as we thought maybe he was going to be after his first two seasons and after the first nine games last year. Like, there are still things he struggles with. Uh, and Cliff is clearly uh, needs to be replaced. But 
they have a lot of very good players. I mean, that's really what it comes is like they just have a lot of good players and the Seahawks really don't. The Seahawks are the worst defense in the NFL by a country mile. They give up 6.8 yards per play on defense. And look at who they face. They face Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, and Andy Dalton. Yeah. I've, the the <laughs> got, got smoked by Taysom, too. Uh, all right. So that, uh, yeah, yeah. Taysom, Taysom doing it, doing it dirty, dirty there. But man, it's, it is crazy how just terrible their defense is. And you look at just the opponents that they faced, and it's like not exactly a very daunting rogues gallery of quarterbacks. And like when they start to face some of these good quarterbacks, Hopefully Gino is still playing this well. So we have some real bonanzas because if they're playing bonanzas with these guys, like these Jamokes, like. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. That was my number four. What is your number three? Uh, my three burned us last week with the back door, but I'm going back to it. I'm going to the bucks again. Uh, this is another spot where the bucks should just have no resistance doing what they want to do. We just hope they can cash in some touchdowns. That's what kind of stopped them last week is they kind of, fizzled out in the red zone or that game could have been like a massive blowout. Uh, but, you know, we've seen them go back to being aggressive, you know, 16, 18% pass rate over expectation the past two weeks, the Steelers are another team. They've just been absolutely shredded through the air. Uh, they're 26 in yards per pass attempt allowed 26 in touchdown rate allowed. You know, it's, it's just going to be a game where Brady's going to do whatever he wants. He's not going to get pressured at all. Uh, can the Steelers score points is the question. Uh, and I don't know, they have two passing touchdowns. It's the fewest in the NFL right now. It's their fewest in a season through five games since 2000. Um, they can't do any, they just, they're just dysfunctional. That's just a dysfunctional offense. Matt Canada is terrible. Uh, just hoping that I don't get backdoored again here, but it should be a theoretical blowout again on paper. Yeah, should should be. Uh, I have I have no problems with this one. Didn't didn't make my list because of the backdoor stuff. The Tampa nope. feels like Tampa wants to leave the backdoor. Like getting backdoored by the Atlanta Falcons is like so annoying. Like the the like and especially because Arthur Smith gets to be like, oh, you know, five and zero against the spread, playing these teams close, <laughs> and it's like, and the Falcons were never. They were never threatening. The Buccaneers never broke a sweat. Like they were, they, you know, they were resting Chris Godwin. They were bringing Rashad White in. Like they, they did not care. They, they never thought that they were going to be losing that game. The only, honestly, the only thing that's concerning is that like Pickett at least seems like a little bit more of a live wire than Trubisky. I mean, he's been bad through two games, but at least like, I don't know. You just feel, you just feel like Pickett could just pull like two rabbits out of a hat at some point in a way, especially. They're just running all these routes down the field. It's like, well, one, what's the purpose of that? But I mean, that could that could break things in their favor. Najee Harris, by the way, where where does Najee Harris go in fantasy drafts next year? Sixth round? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I don't think it's all him. I mean, but everything we thought that was going to be bad about Najee Harris is true this year. Like we thought that the offensive line wasn't be good. It's not. We thought the offense in general was going to be bad. It is. We thought that losing Ben Roethlisberger and moving to two mobile quarterbacks was going to reduce all the targets that he lived on. It has. Uh, he lived on just playing more snaps than any running back. Well, he's not doing that anymore. And then, you know, he appears to be kind of now be dealing with like multiple like lower body injuries. So it's just like complete terrible run out for him I think he's a little better than the fantasy community still does like from a talent perspective I think a lot of people just think he's terrible I don't really think that's true but yeah I mean it's not he's going still, well. he's still a big dude right still <laughs> still a big guy who can inflict some punishment and can move a little bit better than a guy most guys his size but 
not I not was off on him but so like it's like everything like i said everything for all those reasons i was not touching him at his cost so yeah she, he's just not dynamic like a kamara or a barkley or whatever kind of like a souped up zeke maybe is is a good comp like upside case for him but the team just stinks right now i mean they can't block and they've been benching him for Jalen Warren when they when they get down by a bunch of points and they try and run hurry up. So it's just no good. Uh, all right, my number three, it is the Kansas City Chiefs plus two and a half points. I mean, is this That's like cool. I got the Bills? So it it which is fine. I I I have the Bills are a better team. The Bills are absolutely a better team. They have better pass catchers. I actually think that's the biggest difference between these two teams right now. Well, the Bills defense is better too, but uh in in really high level games i i am gonna value defensive strength and quality way less than i am of just like which team can get to 40 points this is the thesis on the chiefs mahomes is a home underdog i just that's all i got that's all i got it's like it's like well it's like uh, if i offered myself this proposition you can bet five units per game for the rest of mahomes's career when he is a home underdog do you win or do you lose you win, right? I mean, just whatever the whatever the the surrounding context is, I don't really care. Uh, but yeah, the Bills are better. I mean, we got Mahomes having to throw four touchdowns to Travis Kelsey because he is he's playing with a bunch of clowns at wide receiver. I I think I kind of interested to see if they actually just do the Sky Moore thing in this game because this game is so important. Like, do they just say like Juju, you just stink, you just stink, dude. You can't get open, you can't move. We're playing, we're playing Sky. I, I wonder if we see that a little bit here. Uh, and and obviously the Chiefs can't run the ball either. Uh, that that's gonna. I I actually think McKinnon is gonna play a ton in this game. I think he could see his highest snap share of the season in this game just because they cannot really afford to be having Clyde Edwards-Helaire two yard runs on first down. And. Uh, yeah, this will this is just gonna lose. This pick will just lose probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm gonna take the Bills. I think there's some some like like that Mahomes, you know, magic is definitely cooked into the line, and it should be. You know, I'm not even saying it shouldn't be the Andy Reid Mahomes, you know, being at home. But I mean, they, they played in Kansas City last year in the regular season. The Bills won by 18. Like, and yeah. and that was that was uh the Nadir. That was the well, no, I guess the next week was the Nadir of the of the the too high safety stuff before the Chiefs totally reconfigured their offense. I I just keep look at this game from an objective perspective, and I and I just ask how the Chiefs stopped the Bills, right? Like like sure. the way the Chiefs are getting beat right now is through the passing game and like, okay, <laughs> like, all right, that's not going to do anything here. Like they're just, like, the bills are just going to throw all over them. Uh, and then on the other side, like it, the chiefs haven't by, by any means been ba- a bad offense. Like, you know, Mahomes is right there and EPA for drop back. He's cooking, but the last month he's 25th in the NFL in yards for pass attempt because they have to throw so much to tight ends and running backs. Uh, none of these wide receivers are making plays. It, every chief scoring drive feels like it's like eight plays long or like 10 plays long. Uh, that's not the chiefs. I, I grew up watching. Like, and I say that just over the last four years with Patrick Mahomes, but like uh, it just feels like it's, it's not a struggle for them, but they're putting work in to score touchdowns. Yes. And the, like the bills. It, it like, does not, <laughs> it does not look as easy as it used to look like every, like Mahomes is having to be more magic on on uh more frequently than he used to we the the only the only thing that i think will change is if mvs does just secure some down the field throws i mean that's really that's really what it's gonna have to be is 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 mahomes trusting 
Valdez Scantling to be like, I'm going to throw the ball 75 yards down the field and you got to go up and go get it. Like you got to win, you got to win this battle because they, what, what, where are the explosive plays coming from? You know, where, where are the chiefs getting like 30 yard gains at a time? It's not even happening. Yeah. I mean, and this, and to even pull that out this week, like the bills entire defense is predicated on just not giving up those plays. Uh, you know, they're not going to blitz. They don't blitz anyways, but they played Mahomes last year. They blitz on six of 116 dropbacks. And yeah, Mahomes had 116 dropbacks in two games, uh, which is pretty bonkers to think about. Uh, That's why Mahomes ran for his, his two highest rushing yardage totals came in this matchup last week. Uh, I would definitely look at his rushing prop this week uh, for sure. Uh, it's something I would definitely look into uh, to see where it's at because he ran for over 60 yards in both of these games last season. Uh, could be a, a Mahomes legs legs uh, legs game again, but they're just the Bills don't give up big plays. It's what their defense is predicated on. So it's going to be another one of these like death by paper cuts offense approaches for the Chiefs. And it's like even if they falter just one or two times, just once, yeah. And the other thing about the Chiefs that's going on right now is their special teams are fucking terrible. Awful, right now. awful. Like, <laughs> how is it so bad? <laughs> like their special teams are are have been just horrendous to start year. obviously Bucker's been hurt and he's been out but like their their field goal units uh their both return units have been bad like it's tough man in a game like this your margin for error is all just a lot smaller and some of these like little like you know the areas of deficiency like could definitely be highlighted against a really good team like the bills yeah i mean it's, but I hope, I, it's a, I hope it's a bonanza, though. I do hope it is a bonanza. I, I'm a little worried both teams end up actually playing it pretty tight and close to the vest because this, this game is so huge for seeding implications in terms of who ends up being the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, both of these teams' divisions are a little bit easier than we're projected to begin the year. Uh, you know, the Dolphins have the Tua injury stuff. The Patriots are terrible. The Broncos are terrible. The Raiders are terrible. So that's, um, well, everyone's just worse than we thought. Everyone, everyone is ever, <laughs> except for the bills. Everyone is yes. worse than we thought, except for the bills and the Eagles and the Eagles. The Eagles are better right. than we thought too, but the winner of this game has to make a monumental leap in terms of who gets the buy in the first week of the playoffs, which is massive for both these teams. That's the only thing I'm worried about. Like from like a fantasy scoring perspective is like, just too too much too too much of these coaches treating it like the biggest game of their lives and it doesn't go Chiefs Rams style. Yeah, I don't think Andy Reid will quite be on that level, but you know, it definitely still has that thing with the Bills. They did win one game against uh the Chiefs last year, but they didn't win the one that you know counted. So like McDermott yeah, when it when, when it's grim, when it's grim, yeah, be the grim yeah. reaper, baby. <laughs> uh, you know, also too, when you look back at this matchup last year, I mean Tyreek had 33% of the Chiefs receiving yep. yarders. Yeah, they're they're games. they're gonna miss they're gonna miss Tyreek big time here. Yeah, it's a, it's interesting. And the Bills are gonna get better as the season goes on. I mean, they're gonna get Trey White back. What you know, what uh, did the Chiefs week. do at wide receiver? I mean, to to uh, to fix this, I guess they spend a they either spend a first round pick drafting one or they do one of these first round pick for a, a veteran wide receiver to give them a big contract moves this offseason, I guess. Well, the dirty secret too is that as Travis Kelsey's got all these touchdowns, but he's averaging a career low yards per reception. Like, yeah, you know, like he's I, I, I'm not, fantasy, I'm not, but... I'm not sweating. I'm not sweating that. I think that is, is uh, real, like relative to league wide trends. You'd expect that because shorter passing is average depth. The target's gone down yards per target across the league has gone down and they're just using him more frequently close to the line of scrimmage as like a safety blanket type because Tyreek is not there anymore. 
But anytime the Chiefs have kind of struggled this year, like you go back to like the Chargers game, the Colts game, and a little bit on Monday night, like when teams have like been able to check Travis Kelsey, like it's a huge that's problem. When, that's when the Chiefs have just been at their worst. And Gus Bradley helped them out by playing some single man stuff that got Valdez Scantley going. But like, uh, you're not going to get that against the Bills. Like, they're just not going to play man coverage against you like, yep. at all. Um, so I just don't know how those guys get free. This game in particular, from a DFS stance, has got me in a pretzel because yes, like, I don't want to play any of the Chiefs. <laughs> There's not a Chiefs guy. I that's, play. It's clearly that's clearly the way to do it, though. Is just hope that Juju gets, catches 13 passes or Valdez Scantling gets deep for two. Like those guys are going to be single digits, highest total of the week. Mahomes, this will probably be his highest passing attempt game of the year. I, and Kelsey will be less owned than Andrews too, as well, which is interesting. Yeah. He's, I mean, he is more expensive. Um, but I do wonder though, if that will be off though. I do wonder if we, when we get to Sunday, Kelsey comes in higher owned just because we do this sometimes with uh, wide receivers and their quarterbacks. Like we have to in, remember that stacking inflates ownership sometimes. And I just think he's going to be the inherent bringback for the bills guys. Like, you know, sometimes we'll be like, Oh, like we used to use Hollywood Brown last year. Like we like, Oh, Hollywood Brown's not going to be owned. It would get to Sunday and he'd be really owned because Lamar was owned. Yeah. And like, you know, and I would just wonder if there's going to be like an inverse kind of uh elevation to Kelsey's ownership because I've heard I've been on two shows and they both said the same thing like Kelsey's projecting to be low owned and I'm like man when we get to Sunday I'll be really curious to see low, low owned relatively like he'll still be like 15 percent or whatever um but yeah I mean Mark Andrews has the combination of being less expensive and projecting for more points so mm-hmm. that it's hard for people not to not to click but people that. are just going to want to sack this game and I think a lot sure. of people are just going to have trouble clicking any chief outside of like you said like maybe on DraftKings MVS is 4500 so you're just like well what the hell like yeah. you know you do that but uh clicking any chief like where you can click any bill if the bills have been the opposite of the chiefs like we talk about like the chiefs struggling to get like anything out of these other guys the bills are like oh we're down to Khalil Shakir yeah we've got some plays for him like yeah uh, he'll, he'll go for 70 in the touchdown like you know like whoever the hell the bills like just put in the lineup like produces like it doesn't like they're getting they're getting production out of like all their ancillary guys um and so it makes them so tough man you know it's like oh yeah we can play Isaiah McKenzie we you know we can play well obviously we'll we'll have Gabe Davis in the 200 yard four touchdown rematch uh yeah it's it's an interesting game from a DFS perspective and it's going on at the same time well maybe at the same time as that Cardinals Seahawks game which could also just be like an outright bonanza yeah uh all right so was that your number one that was my two uh I have the 49ers at one and, you know, maybe the, maybe just like the fighting Arthur Smiths are going to be like the super cover team. But like when I see that, like the Falcons are five and zero against spread, that tells me that they're probably do not the cover. Uh, and I'm just going to keep trying to chase it a little bit and we'll see if I just keep getting buried by it. But the 49ers are just a supremely better team and the Falcons. They're terrible. Uh, they were never in that game. Like you said, outside of like the, until the end by just by default of like game situation, like they were losing 21, nothing. Uh, they, they score, they get two point conversion they get the roughing the passer call and people are like up in arms. And I'm like, they were never in that game. Like people are like so mad and granted it was a really shitty roughing the passer call, but like the Falcons were not in that game. Like, was not going to, was were, not going to change. They were the going to win that, that game. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to beat the 49ers at all. I think it's the game where you just see the 49ers kind of do what they did last week. Right. 
and just smother a supremely bad team. So 49ers like good enough to punch up with like the really good teams in the league. But when they play these bottom teams, like they just kind of smoke them out with like the brand of football they play. Uh, like the Panthers, like they just had no shot in that game. And that's kind of what I feel like is going to happen here with the Falcons. Like the Falcons want to line up and run the football and they're just not going to be able to do that in this matchup. And their defense is not going to be able to stop the 49ers. So uh, I'm going to stick with it here. I'm going to chase, see if I get buried again by the fighting Arthur Smiths. I have, I have uh, absolutely zero issue. Absolutely zero <laughs> issue uh, with this. Didn't make my list mostly just because I don't like Kyle Shanahan. It's I don't like, and I don't yep. like Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's hard for me to bet on these teams. Uh, my number two, my number two is a team I never bet on the Los Angeles chargers minus four and a half points at home to the Denver Broncos. I mean, if the chargers get to 24 here, how could they pot? How could the Broncos possibly cover? It's like, this is the most anemic Russell Wilson ass offense. I mean, they only throw outside the hashes, the, the chargers. That is like the, the, I mean, their cornerbacks are still good, right? I mean, that it's it's the pass rushing that's been an issue in terms of the injuries for them this year. So, like, what's what's the plan? Like, what is the what is the Broncos' plan to score points here going to be? You know, and, and the Charger, maybe they get Keenan Allen back this week. Maybe it doesn't even matter because Austin Eckler just keeps scoring thirty-yard touchdowns. Like, and I again, I am not a you know, I'm a, I'm the guy who will point out to you that. Justin Herbert has a career losing record as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not a huge chargers guy in general, but I mean, this just feels like a spot where the Broncos, the Broncos are, are not built to compete with teams. this good. They're just not. I'm curious though, like, cause this game on the look ahead was a lot tighter and like, I don't like when it moves like this far um, because you would still think with the bad as the Broncos have been like, there's still going to be some regression in some of the, like these red zone possessions, right? Like they're not just going to like, like Russ isn't going to be like four of 30 passing in the red zone, like the entire year. Right. Uh, it just feels like it's, I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared. It's where the chargers are bad is they can't stop the run and they're not stopping any opposing wide receiver ones. And like the Broncos will at least still line up and try to run the football and Cortland Sutton's their one player playing pretty well. And like you said, the one other thing aspect is their defense has been really good. The Broncos. Yes. Defenses. Yes, it has. And we saw last week, even with the Chargers, like they're a team very much like the Bengals. Like they should not be as bad as they are offensively. And they aren't Bengals bad, but like they they don't move the football like they should. And in terms of like a yards for play and yards for pass temp, like it's a it's a struggle for the Chargers to score. You know, way 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 more than it should be. And like, yeah, it, those are just things elements that scary. But I would absolutely pick the Chargers to win this game and. Um, yeah, the Broncos are just a, a, another one of these teams in that factory of sadness mode, but their defense. And the, and the, again, I mean, we've come back to this a lot, but the points just have not mattered, right? That's, that's been one of the, that is true. the points, the points have just not mattered this season in a, in a degree that, um, just uh, kind of just makes me wonder, like, is this always been true or are we just seeing like a, a an insane amount of variance or like uh does is is line making like is it going to continue to evolve as the season goes on because rule changes and pass rates make like you know there's a there's a million independent variables there that would be impossible for someone with my brain to solve but especially when it's under a touchdown like what is the difference to me between two and a half four and a half like you know some sports better will be like actually in terms of the expected value you know like there's all that stuff but I'm, yeah, I'm no, most, no one's listed in dust for that, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm mostly just picking teams I think are just going to win. Like no, a, a and that, but that is work to start the year. I mean, you look at the 
the hit rate of just outright winners and them covering, and it's just so high. Part of that probably is because underdogs have won a, a good amount of games too. But yeah, the points haven't really come into play a lot, you know, you know, for, for a lot of these games, especially the favorites that have won. Um, it really hasn't. So yeah, there's another, no real pushback there, man. Uh, just the struggle. It's, a, it's not a great slate. I, I mean, I'll probably bet like three of these games that I, you know, suggested, uh, you know, looking more at game totals this week, probably more than some of these individual lines. It's kind of gross out there. Yeah, I've been firing. Uh, I I won a huge same game parlay week two of the season, so I've just been firing like insane fourteen leg same game parlays for <laughs> for for a lot of these games. Just uh, you know, chasing chasing the dragon. Uh, so so D- super interesting DFS slate. The cash team on DraftKings just totally makes itself, which always leads to interesting spots in tournaments. Like how different will people get from? the optimal right like how many people are not playing Ramondre Kenneth Walker and you know Benjamin how many people are not playing Josh Allen how many people are not playing Stefan Diggs like it's it's you know if you have a huge if you love Saquon Barkley this week or whatever like you're going to get amazing ownership percentages yeah any expensive running back you like uh this week you're going to be all right you free reign whatever you want to do uh whether it be you know Saquon you know Nick Chubb if you want to go to Christian McCaffrey like these guys aren't going to be they're not going to be popular at all. There's just too many cheap guys. And you, you know, you got other, you got other guys that are sub six K on DraftKings that I think are really good plays like Brees Hall and Devin Singletary. Um, so like, it's just going to be like, if you want to play, pay up at running back at all, like you're good, good to go, lock it in. You have your free reign, uh, yeah. spend away. Um, so it is going to be fun. Uh, obviously that Bills game is going to be really popular. I'm curious to see if it, it just lets down, if maybe the pivot is the Seattle game. Um, but I think there are some good 1 p.m. bullets if you're into some of this chalk. Like, I think Mike Evans is a fantastic play this week, and I don't know how popular he'll be, um, but he's a great, like, 1 p.m. dart because when you, you have these chalky 4 o'clock games, you kind of want to know where you stand going into him, right? Because we know where totally. he's going to be. So, like, if you have a guy like Mike Evans and he has, like, a 25-point game, like, that you're, you've got so much leverage already coming into that, you know, spot. So, like, these 1 p.m. guys that are – uh, maybe one-offs like even like uh, you know Mark Andrews is going to be popular maybe he's not a good one but you know guys that but likely if you have a Raven stack if you have a buck stack like those are spots that playing at one o'clock man like if those spots hit you're going to have so much more flexibility than the field coming into those really two popular games like th- th- those two games are going to have such concentrated ownership uh it's gonna be wild this week yeah so uh yeah because just... even you like Ramondre is gonna be chalky but like just those two games, Seattle, Arizona, and Chiefs, Bills. Going to be going to get what like every line, like seventy percent of lineups will have at least one player from those two games or whatever, something like that. Yeah, and it, I mean, hell, man, you're going to have so many lineups like in in large field tournaments uh, that are basically like five or six players from those games combined, like maybe more, uh, but at least probably several players though, because you know, obviously, you'll be Josh Allen and you'll have Mahomes, but even like Kyler's going to be like popular because they play the Seahawks. Like, you know, like, so Arizona stacks and you, Eno and Walker are the, like two of the cheapest running backs and you'll lock it for some reason. DraftKings like just isn't even touching Tyler Lockett's price. Like, yeah, just, now. just scores, just scores 30 every week. And just, <laughs> no, you know, it's, it seems so, fine. It's fine. You no, know, we'll just leave him at five, six. It's cool. Like what? Yeah. 
He's been he's been smashing for a month. Like you guys are gonna you guys are gonna do anything about? This? I mean, Alave too. Alave's price hasn't budged either. Guy guy has like nine hundred air yards. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 at Higby. Higby. I mean, just go just gets ten targets a week. Forty six hundred. Sure, fine. Don't move him. Keep. Well, that's keep the other back. thing too, because if you pay down, you're gonna have teams paying down for Higby and Ertz, and those guys are at four o'clock too. So like you got to try to find these one one o'clock angles. Uh, you know, I thought I had it last week with the Browns Chargers game and just Herbert didn't get there. And then the chalk just overwhelmed me, but I was like looking really good. I was like, I had Chubb, Eckler, Mike Williams. I was like, Oh, this Amari, I had this whole game stacked. I was like, Ooh, this is so hot right now. And it didn't matter, but, uh, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe the chalk will just continue to get there again. You can't get mad at when the chalk gets there though, because the chalk is the chalk for a reason. Like they're good. They're objectively good plays that like Helen Keller can spot. Like yes. sometimes they get there. <laughs> like the the chalk's a chalk for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and there's been yeah. a lot of great, uh, you know, thinking on this. Justin Freeman had a great uh, thread the other day about how like the salary algorithm for these sites just actually works as a buy low model, right? So like you know when, yes. when a guy's bad for multiple weeks in a row, even if people are clicking on him, his salary will go down. So you, and then you're naturally playing guys who have attractive prices. So it should not be surprising when 30% on players do well. And then, and then, yeah, it's, it's, I find all this stuff very interesting from a theory perspective. Uh, also thinking a lot about it from a theory perspective, because I, I've yet to have a sweat through five weeks this season, which is annoying. Generally, generally speaking, you like to get, you like to get one top 10 sweat out of the way the first month of the season. So we're still, we're still working on it. What, uh, remember, what, LSU Jamar Chase, this is the week. I've never, I've never been so sold on such a shitty, flimsy narrative before. I mean, I was ready, I was ready to bet Andy Dalton until I, I and, and and I, I, you know that really cool video of Joe Burrow, the 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 four K like hyper motion video of him coming out of the tunnel with his name spelled in like the Cajun way with the with the uh the E A U E U A E X yeah I mean come on we we got to what is it was that Creole is it, is it yes yes <laughs> yeah amazing amazing um all right dude what uh what can the people look out for on uh on sharp football this week sir Do we got a discount. Answer. No, uh, I don't have anything to promote this week. I'm, they might have something, but I didn't reach out and ask for it maybe, but I'm not sure. But uh, listen, the, the worksheet is out here cooking. It's we've, We're building up this sample. So we've got just all this, this amazing data uh, now that we're like multiple weeks into the season that we can flesh out and build off of. So it's only getting bigger and better every week. Uh, check that stuff out if you can. Um, other than that, man, just you know, hit those cash lines. Try to tip something over. There we go. All right, everyone. We're out. We'll see you back next week. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.